subscribe, like, and do all the all the obligatory things. I never say this at the beginning. I always get beat up for saying it at the end, so I wanted to make sure I said that first. So uh, definitely do that, whether you're a, a Spotify person, uh, Amazon, music, whatever, you know, YouTube, whatever you do. So please do that for us. We certainly would appreciate it. And uh, so today is season two, episode number six, I believe. All right, very good. Um, and so we have a great guest today. So Benita's not here. Benita's out showing properties, doing real estate. So we, we hope that she ends up with a contract before the day is out, right? Amen. But uh, we are, uh, we're very happy to have, I get this question all the time. So people will say, hey, I want to get into real estate, but I, I'm afraid that I can't break away from this other job and do this and consistently make the kind of money I need to, to take care of my, my family and then also have enough to kind of save and create a rainy day fund and do all those kind of things. And so I always say to people, you can only do what it is you believe you can do. Mm-hmm. So if you believe you can't do it, guess what? You can't. But the deal is there are all kinds of models out there people that you can look at who have done this and people who are willing to share that information and so a lot of times on our show we have uh, producers on and so sometimes we have like Connie Segovia or Nancy Garcia and they they've kind of changed the game about how (laughs) real estate is done they're producing these astronomical numbers closing crazy numbers of transactions and so a lot of people will say to me Alan I don't think that's realistic for me I don't know if I can get there. And I said, well, you know, you could if you want to do the stuff that they're, they're doing. Um, and they said, well, you know, I want somebody who is doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Somebody who, but something that feels somewhat attainable. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for me to even kind of find those people that that's close enough to that because most of the people that, um, especially the ones that we're bringing into Monument and also those that I've known for a while, these are really high achievers. And so just like our guest today is a very, very high achiever. And she produces, you know, I don't want to say how long she's been in the business, but it's not been a whole lot of years, <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, and she's, she's doing great. You know, she, you know, if you get somebody who's closing 6 to $8 million a year in real estate, they're, they're doing really well. And, and she's projected to do far more than that because she's put systems and things in place to to make sure that happens. But I thought she was the perfect one to talk to today because what she's doing and how she's building this out right before our very eyes um, is, is really a blueprint for somebody who's trying to get into this business and not just get into the business, not just dip your toe into it, but somebody who's really trying to get in the business and do it at a level to where you can start to create something, build something that can, you know, I always like to say provide for your children's children, right? That You're not in this just to go buy a refrigerator, at least I hope not. I want you to be in this to, to build something because it's a tremendous opportunity. Real estate presents 
a wonderful opportunity for people that uh, if they really take advantage of it, it can be a real life changing situation. And so our guest today is none other than Dee Walton. And Dee is uh, just one of my favorite people I've met here recently. I met her through uh, my good friend, Tanisha Lusk. And so Tanisha doesn't generally have a bunch of friends that are not on that level, right? She's going to always, if she's hanging with somebody, that's going to be somebody who's a high producer, high quality person. And of course, D is just that. And D, probably more, because I've heard other people talk about how they do certain things on social media and how they kind of build their pipeline, but I've never heard anybody who can really talk about it in the same detail that D does. And she's a systems person. She puts everything into a system, but she works the system in a way that it is not on the consumer side systematic, if that makes sense what I'm saying. It's more personable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, they feel that they've got a situation to where um, she's not, you know, you all know when a bot is is responding to you, right, or, or it's just some... Um, you know, pre, pre put together kind of response and that kind of thing. We all, we've been around long enough to know that's what that is. Well, D is not of that ilk, right? D creates a situation to where the people know that the messaging they're getting from her or the responses or the inquiries are from her, but she's got it set up so systematically that it's not, the cumbersome task that most agents feel like I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and as a result of that, she's built out something that has been absolutely amazing and it's making her um, so productive and, you know, I don't want her phone blowing up people calling for loans and stuff, but it's making a lot of money too. (laughs) 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 So she's, she's doing great. And so we just want to have her on and have her, uh, kind of talk about how she's doing this and, and share that with, with all of you. I think, um, you know, anybody who's thinking about making a career change or, uh, you know, into real estate or somebody who's thinking about how, how do I turn this thing that I'm doing now into something that's productive, they really need to listen to this. So, D, welcome to our show. I appreciate you coming and hanging out with us for a little bit today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, because I watch your podcasts and your videos, and I'm like, these are some heavy hitters, very inspiring stories. So um, I very much appreciate you having me on. Well, you're very, bucket. yeah. Well, you're a very inspiring story too. So no, your story needs to be told. I think it's uh, it is very um, uh, well worth the time for anybody who's trying to improve their situation to hear yeah. this. And so. That's why we have you here. And so we always like to kind of start a little light. Okay. So people can kind of get to know the personality a little bit. And, you know, we were talking about before we got on the air is um, every now and then, and everybody can, even if you're not in real estate, you you have times where you're at the job and you're like, you know, forget this. I was about to use another word. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, hey, look, I'm tired of this. I don't want to stress. This makes me sick. I've... There's been a few times, even in real estate, where I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? Heck with this, For right? Sure. And so I always, in my mind, I have a job I go to mentally, right? I say, okay, if I quit, 
and if money was not an object, right, mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about still paying bills and stuff, and I could just go do this other job, mm-hmm. I'd be perfectly happy mm-hmm. doing this other job. Mm-hmm. And that other job for me, I would move to Florida, and I would go work at Disney World, and I would work specifically the Dumbo ride. <laughs> I would be the operator. So as the kids get on, I'm the one, you know, lifting the Dumbo elephants up and letting them ride and go up and down and all that stuff. I would have my headphones on, listening to my music, and just, you know, you know, I'm sure there's a timer or something that tells them when it's time to bring them back down to the mm-hmm. <laughs> to the ground. Right. But that's what I would do. I, w- I don't want to think. I just want to, I don't want to care about somebody else's problems. I don't want anybody else's stresses. I just want to operate the Dumbo ride. And then when, when the clock says it's time for me to go home, I can just go home. Yeah. 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 What would that job be for you? So, yeah, we talked about a little of this before we got on air that I'm probably a little bit of pro, up, um, away from the prime age for the job that I would love to do. Uh-huh. Um, but I would be a dancer, more specifically a background dancer. A background dancer, to okay. The stars, right? So, so like um, Beyonce, you'd be on. Absolutely. You'd be on the Renaissance absolutely, tour. I would right be now. on Janet Jackson's tour. Okay. Right? So, um, before I went to undergrad, um, I, I was, con- you know, cheer, dance, all the things in my sorority, on the step team, like all the things. And when I went to undergrad, I was um, partially influenced by my stepmom at the time, okay. who was like the president of um, Bank of Oklahoma. Oh, wow. Okay. Or vice president of Bank of Oklahoma. And okay. She would come home in her business suits and her briefcase. And, um, yeah, you know, when we were going to – going off to college um it, it was kind of just implied that you need to get a job where you can make some good money mm-hmm. so i majored in business okay um and and that's really the path that i took but if i had to do it all over again i would have went to undergrad and majored in dance if you were to do it all over again mm-hmm. right so you would you would have said okay forget this yeah it was a safe route and got yep. me where i wanted you know got if me I where had i went but influence that was like you know what you can it's okay to pursue something that's more creative right and not you know, because it doesn't have a an exact path behind it, mm-hmm. whereas going and getting a business degree kind of does, uh-huh. right? So I wish I would have had the support. You know, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, and the generation before us, you know, they were very about, hey, I need you to go get something that's yeah. stable. I know you can make some money. Dance. My wife had the same situation. Yes. My wife was a, an excellent dancer, choreographer, all that kind of good stuff. But when she went to college, her parents made it clear that, hey, we not, I should say her parents. So it was probably more her dad more so than even her mom. Yeah. And he was like, mm, now you're going to do something not not that. And yeah. so she ended up majoring in, in math and great mathematician and administrator in school district and all that good stuff. But I think there's a part of her that wishes that, Maybe she had pursued that as well. Yeah, so, so if you were a dancer, backup dancer. So now you're a little young, though. You don't, you're, you're younger than me, and so I don't know that you know Janet Jackson in her prime, though. Do you? you I know you said you would love to be a background dancer with Janet, but no, are you I remember f- Janet in her prime. I mean, of okay. course, I was younger for sure. But in the last year, I've seen Janet twice. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> right? I seen her at Essence, and then she was here, right? Um, last month, actually. Sure. So she's by far one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, I remember her in her prime, and I remember being in my bedroom, you know, trying to trying to do the moves. Okay. So yeah. So with that, with the you know, it's a dangerous situation when you ask to compare the two. So I've 
I've always said that Janet Jackson in her prime. Now, no, she's not the same singer as Beyonce and all mm-hmm. that kind of good stuff. But I really think as far as a performer, she was actually better than Beyonce. I concur. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Most, a lot of and I think it's just more because they just don't know. I think it's the further we, the further we are removed from mm-hmm. Janet in her prime, I think people just don't know. Yeah. Right, and so they just assume then Beyonce, cause, and Beyonce is tremendous, is awesome. Her work right? ethic is is top notch. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. But Janet in her prime was was a beast. Janet I mean, in her Janet was a beast in her prime because of Joe. Like she had no choice. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they just grew up in a different time, um, and she we didn't have social media like like Beyonce sure. has the luxury of having now. Right. Um, where we're seeing every little bit and piece of sure. re- renaissance, right? But um, if you ever go to a Jenna Jane concert, she takes you down memory lane sure. for sure, where you're like, oh, my goodness, I forgot how much of an impact right. this song was right. or this video was or Absolutely. this movie was, Absolutely. right? Like Absolutely. Completely cultural phenomenons, right? Her, Absolutely. Her, her body of work. So, yeah, nothing to take away from Beyonce, but I agree with yeah. you that she's probably better. That's good. Okay. Now you might end up with some beehive folks. That's all okay. in your, you, you can no, handle it, right? You're good. Absolutely. Okay. I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> well, that's good. I like that. So a dancer, a backup dancer. Yes. That would be cool. Yes. I don't know. Do you, how much do they get paid? Do you know? Don't know. Yeah. Probably not much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I see um, what's going on with the writers and the actors. Right. Um, um, Strikes now, right? Where there's an assumption that these people make a lot of money, but that's not really the case. Correct. They're, they're um, it's a long game career, so I imagine for dancers, it's probably the same. Right. You gonna be dancing with the local artist in Dallas before you gonna be on Janet's. Right. Stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's it's you got to put the time and work into it. So, right. I, I definitely wouldn't have had the path that I've had. It would have right. been completely different. Um, but I, if I had to do it all over again, I would have done something that I loved right. versus something that I knew would pay the bills. Right. Interesting. Interesting. So that, that says a lot about you, mm-hmm. right? Um, you went to, you grew up in Oklahoma. You're not a Texan, right? No, nope. born and raised in Oklahoma. What part of um, Oklahoma? So I grew up in Oklahoma City. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So not far from here. It was no. three hours away or so. Yeah. Oklahoma City, and uh, and you went to Oklahoma State. Yes. Okay, Oklahoma Go State Cowboys. Cowboys. All right. Um, excellent. And you studied business. So I studied business with the HR um, major. Okay. So I was a human resource major. Gotcha, gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. So um, did that, graduated from there, and then did you immediately go into corporate, or what was the path? I did not. Um, I couldn't get no job in HR. You know, <laughs> they weren't hiring people with no experience, even though you had a degree. So my very first job um, out of college, I was a claims adjuster for farmers insurance. Okay. Um, and I actually started off. Actually, I'm lying. I, I worked in their document center first. Okay. They had a third party company that did the document. So when you got into a car accident. Okay. You filed a police report, and you got to send that police report in so your adjuster can review it. Well, back then, it would come through some image uh, document, and then my job was to look at, find the claim number, and then put it in that adjuster's file. Okay. So that was my first job when I finished school, 
Um, and then I was work. The company worked for farmers, and farmers was upstairs. Okay. And the manager came to me one day. I was like, I think you you have a degree, right? And I was like, Yeah. She's like, I think you can be a adjuster. Okay. I was like, Okay. So I started doing what they call OCR, Office Claims Adjuster. Okay. And all these people do is just you you have a car accident, and they're you're gonna call into this person. They're gonna take your statement. You're the insured and the claimant, who rendered who, mm-hmm. who didn't run the stop sign. So you're you're an investigator, essentially, okay. taking the statements. And a lot of times people's statements are conflicting. Sure, of course. But my job was to determine negligence. Right? Okay. So, oh, so that's who's at fault? How much is farmers going to pay? Am okay. I going to pay 100% of this claim? And in, in Oklahoma, specifically, you can apply 50% comparative negligence. So it's like, well, you got rendered, but you also stopped abruptly. Right. Oh, wow. So it's not all or nothing. thing. It's not all or nothing. Okay. A lot of states have comparative negligence. Now, okay. a lot of times car accidents are going to be one person's fault, but sometimes it's not. Uh-huh. Did you yield even though you, you know, you T-boned him, but but the other person didn't yield or right. something like that. Right. So like asking a bunch of questions to figure that out. So I did that. And then um, I wanted to get out of Oklahoma. <laughs> so um, I knew that farmers was in, in different areas. Okay. So I went to my manager. I'm like, hey. I would like to move. I was one year out of college. Okay. And um, she's like, well, you can be a field claims rep. So I had to interview for it. Okay. And so I became a field claims rep, and I ended up getting becoming the aid um, adjuster of the territory in Gainesville, Texas. Okay. That's All where right. they wanted me to be. Gainesville, Texas. Right. All right. And so I did everything to get out of that job. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, do y'all have something closer to Dallas? And then they were like, well, you can work Denton. Okay, all right. So I had Denton, but I live in Cedar Hill. Oh, wow. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I was a field claims rep for a couple years, and the field claims rep was the same thing as the OCR except with with injuries. Oh, wow. So it's like now you got in this car accident, but you broke your arm, or now you got soft tissue injury, right, which is kind of the norm. Okay. My back hurt. You right. know, my neck hurt, right? right. What so everybody, what everybody's everybody almost programmed is, right? to say Absolutely. as soon as they, oh, God, back hurt. So my job was to decide, all right, your back hurt. You went to the ER, okay? We're at fault. Let me tell you how much money I'm going to give you so you don't go to court and sue us. Right. Right? So, um, yeah, I did that for um, a year. So okay. I worked claims for two and a half years total. Then I got a job in HR. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So after you developed this work experience in HR, was departments were like okay we can we can yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. absolutely and so hr department where was that very first job again i'm back in a call center okay like i was when i started claims and i was working at Citigroup. okay and i was working in their payroll department so you call and you're like hey you some big wig in the company something's wrong with my payroll mm-hmm. right or you know you're an engineer or whatever the roles they have mm-hmm. and my job was to take a look at your paycheck right figure out what was going on with it submit a ticket to get it corrected okay so I did that for a year, and then I moved on to a small transportation brokerage firm. Um, and essentially, I was their HR generalist and recruiter. Oh, there. wow. Okay. So I did all the HR investigations, planning, events, diversity stuff, and then 50% of the time I recruited. Okay. So I was going out to the career fairs at UTD, UTA. Okay. So I was, you know, recruiting salespeople because that's what the company was. All right. Um. So I did that for five years. Okay. And then I got a job um, with the architecture and engineering firm um, out in Plano. It's called M&W. And um, I took that job, and on the 
first day, I walk in the office, and I'm working directly for the VP of HR, and he hands me a cell phone and a laptop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is different, because I hadn't had a job before where I had a, my own cell phone. Right. right. I was like, this is this is a big deal. Okay. <laughs> so that company operated in Plano, but they headquartered in Germany, and they have 40 offices around the United States. So for two and a half years, I did nothing but travel and live out of a suitcase. Wow. When I was when I first started, it was a lot of fun because I was so young and new to HR, um, and I had a great time. I had a million miles I was racking up. Like I thought I was something. Right, right. right. I the very first time I walked into an office, or I remember being on the phone with an employee, and she called because she um, was claiming um, gender discrimination. And she was um, being paid less than a male who was in her same role. Mm -hmm. They did the same thing. Their ratings are the same, all the things. Mm -hmm. And this was a part of my job. I'm investigating gender discrimination. I'm investigating racial issues. I'm investigating management issues, all kind of things. And I walked to my boss's office. and I'm That's a heavy job. It is. Okay. But I was good at it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I walked to my boss's office and he and I'm like, hey, you know, she's calling from me. She's in the New York office and um, this is what she's saying. And he looks at me and he says, why are you not on a plane? And I, I always tell that story was because right away I had to like run my own shit. Right. Like even though I work for somebody. I always ran into these people that are like, oh, you can do it right. without a whole lot of guidance. Right. Just make it happen. Throughout my entire career. And that okay. was the very first time it happened. So when he said that to me, I stopped even going to him when it was time for me to get on the plane. I would just go in his office and say, oh, by the way, you knew I'm going I'm going to Phoenix next week. Right? So that happened. And it was not a big company, right, at right. the time. But they had the budget. I, I was good at it. I moved around. I would just show up in offices. And they're like, oh, the HR lady's here. And like, yep, I'm going to be here for a week. Right? And whatever. And so I did that for a long time. Then I went, my last company before I got into real estate was Raytheon. Gotcha. So Raytheon is a huge defense contractor, and they have probably about 10,000 employees here in DFW amongst six offices. And I was the HR manager for the site at Lemon and for some employees in McKinney and about 1,000 employees in Tucson. So I really just went from Dallas to McKinney, Tucson once a month. Okay. And I did this for... Almost seven years, and I had an HR journalist working for me. Um, so we, yeah, I did everything HR. Working with the leaders was my main job, right? Um, working on what are their what are their business objectives and how do I help them meet their business objectives with my HR department, compensation, sure. workforce to planning, diversity initiatives. Um, so yeah, that's what that's what I did for my career was HR. Okay, and so it sounds like you're really good at it. You enjoyed it. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people take for granted what an HR department it does and is about. But, I mean, these places can't really function without them, especially if you have a company of some size, mm-hmm. right? Because, uh, you know, it's human resources, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's people. It's a people thing. And so it makes sense to me why you would be so good in real estate. But I wonder when did real estate become something that you thought, oh, okay, I might want to look into that. Yeah, so it was kind of just always sitting in the back of my mind when I bought my house. Mm -hmm. So I decided to buy my house in 2015. 
And I was a first-time home buyer. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I also didn't really seek because I'm very independent. So I didn't seek a lot of advice from family and friends. Okay. Literally, I had friends be like, so you just bought a house? I'm like, I did. Like, nobody knew right. what was even going on. But I remember uh, just really enjoying the process. Like, it was a lot to learn. I had to take a first-time home buyer class. So I, like, felt like I became an expert just because I need this little money. Right. They was going to give me to buy this house, sure. right? Um, so it always kind of stayed in the back of my mind when I bought my house. And the realtor that I had at the time was fine. You know, she wasn't extraordinary or bad. Right. She was just enough to get me to the closing table. Right. And my girlfriend at the time, one of my girlfriends was also shopping for a house. And, and I closed on my house, moved in and everything, and started going on her showings with her and her realtor. Okay. Right? Because I just enjoyed it so much. I thought it was so fun. It wasn't really the houses, so to speak. Sometimes you'll hear realtors like, oh, I love houses. No, that's not really... It was because there were so many things to navigate. And I think that's what I liked about it. Right. It was like so many things you had to get through to get to closing. Sure. There's so many moving yes. parts to this thing. And state. that was fascinating to me, right. if that makes sense. It does. It does. That's yeah. why you enjoy the investigating yes. part of it, your... You're exactly right. It makes perfect sense. Yes. Okay. And so I know you get your you, you get your license. You actually got your license while you were in California. I did. I and, did. Uh, and really, I think you even closed your first house while you were still in California. Is that yes, okay. yes. And you know what's funny is that um, I closed on a house on Monday that I haven't seen. So I, I still do that to right. this day. Like, um, I was just talking to an agent on my way here, and, you know, she's talking about the business in this kind of very minute thought process, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Sure. And I told her, I was like, girl, you're not a realtor. You own a business. Right. But they don't people don't think like that at all. Right. So when I very first got started, um, I was in California because that's where my boyfriend lives, um, lives at the time. He's actually moving, but that's a whole nother thing. Okay. But yeah, so um, I was in California, got licensed in California and um, I ended up changing my social media handle. And one of my girlfriends was like, you're a realtor now, you know, and because and I, I hadn't announced it yet. Right. I was like, yeah. You know, it's like a secret. Right. Shh, don't tell nobody. All right. Because I still have a job, a job, uh -huh. and we're, you know, it's it's a whole whole lot going on. So it's like, um, but she's like, you know, me and my husband were thinking about selling our house, and I was like, okay, I can help you. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, luckily, at the time that I became a realtor, I was working with a brokerage that had a dual career program. Mm -hmm. I will say that that benefited me at the time because I was still dual career. I didn't really know that real estate was gonna. I didn't know that I was going to make it my full-time job at the gotcha. time. Sure. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I really did thought, think that, like, oh, I'll just do this on the side, mm -hmm. kind of see what happens. That was my initial thought. All right. So, um, anyway, I was in California. I flew out to meet her at the property at her house, you know, got the photographer out there, listing coordinator, and I flew back to California. <laughs> Right, because it's, I was like, oh, okay, I got listed. They got listed, so and I got on the market and yeah. took pictures and Absolutely. got it rolling. So I go back to California. And because my boyfriend lives in California, um, during that first year or so, I went back to California a lot. You know, I, I was before I got into real estate, I was there every month, basically. Okay. So there was a lot of times where the clients were like, hey, D, we want to go see this house. I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm not there. Right. Right. But um, I can get somebody to go 
go show it to you. Right. So I sold a lot of houses I never even saw. Right. Um, and I still do that now. I sold a house when I was Greece in Greece. I haven't seen this house yet. Right. <laughs> I'll right. see it on Monday when we go to the final right. walkthrough. <laughs> so maybe because I don't think of myself as just like a door opener or a realtor, I was able to, and maybe the distance with California allowed me to have that mindset early on. Like, oh, I need to see this house to sell it. I am providing consultation and a service to someone who trusts me, right? And I can do that from my computer, right? Right. I was telling an agent today, because she's like, oh, my mom's sick, and I, I had to slow my business down. I'm like, um, the only time I need to be in person with a client is to list their home. Mm-hmm. And that's really just to see it, because after right. that, the listing coordinator can go to it and the photographer, you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. I just need to see it. I need to place my eyes on it. But other than that, I can do it from my computer. Yeah, and you're a systems person. Yeah. So you put things in place to handle certain aspects, and you also understand how to leverage. So you'll use other people to do certain parts of the the job. Your yeah. main thing is to be kind of the ringmaster, yeah. right? This and I did that early on because I was still working. Gotcha. So because I was still working, I needed a transaction coordinator because I got this nine to five, right? So it's like, oh, I went under contract. Can you, I, I can't deal with this paperwork. I got a nine to five that I'm still. Right. So uh, um, even though I'm a solo agent, I will say that early on I did start leveraging other people because of my job. And then when I left my job, I still leverage those people so I can grow. Absolutely. Yeah, why wouldn't you, right? Yeah. Uh, you found something that worked, and it was working well. Your clients are happy with, with the, the product and the, the service. So now that you're full-time, and when you become a full-time agent, you just kept that rolling, mm-hmm. and it allows you to do the most important part of the job, and that's interfacing with clients and potential clients. And so the thing I think that's most unique about you uh, is that you have – Utilize social media, email marketing, all of the things necessary to stay top of mind mm-hmm. with your database. Mm-hmm. And so what we what we do know is that a person really needs to be in front of their database at least once every 10 days. Yeah. That's in the form of a text message, phone call, a mm-hmm. social media post, email, something. Mm-hmm. But you need to come across them once every 10 days in order to not fall through the cracks. Yeah. So in other words, Tim is at work today. He finds out he's being transferred to Atlanta. And so that blows his mind. Okay, I got to do something about my house and all that stuff. And, and the job might say, hey, Tim, you need to talk to so-and-so at whatever place. And Tim, because he's overwhelmed with everything else, he's going to go with who has been put right in front of him mm-hmm. unless – somebody he knows and trusts has stayed top of mind, he will say, no, I'm going to call D. Yeah. I've got a realtor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you you understood that early. Yeah. And I think you have been able to use that ability to stay in front of core groups in your sphere, mm-hmm. like your sorority, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Alpha, I know Alpha, Alpha, sorority. Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I, I'd say Sigma Gamma Roy at first. I'm sorry. No, my no, bad. no, That no. was my bad. Uh, so now <laughs> I'm just kidding. The first. That, okay. <laughs> uh, and you were saying that about 40% of your business comes from the AKAs. In, the, in my early years, uh-huh. they did. Gotcha. Um, that w- my sorority sisters were, were like a huge kickoff for my business without me 
going to do some of the traditional real estate things. Right. If that makes sense. Sure. And and basically you just made sure that they knew mm-hmm. this is what you do. This is and I would love to have your business if you need me. I, I would love to do it. And if if you don't need me, if you know somebody who does, yeah. And so one of the things that always amazes me, especially when we're talking to not just new agents, seasoned agents, mm-hmm. will spend a lot of time trying to go get business from strangers. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know what's funny about that? Um, I did the same thing. So I'm not um, – I want to be transparent that okay. on this journey to entrepreneurship, you're going to make mistakes. Sure. And you're going to fail, and I was not exempt. Okay. Right? So my first year um, was um, a lot of sphere business and maybe a few open houses because I did start doing open houses okay. right away. And still to this day, I do a lot of open houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a lot of buy and sales at the same time okay. that helped me. Sure. And then um, referrals. Like, oh, okay. I, of course, you know, I don't need anything, but my friend who works at TCU needs a realtor. Mm-hmm. And then the TCU re- refers me to her cousin who's moving from Oklahoma okay. and like, these things kind of happen all the time Uh um but then so that that was my first year and I was able to save a lot of money because not only am I working my nine to five that I'm making six figures at but then I have all this money coming in from real estate so I was like okay I can go ahead and leave my job right right? I'm I'm at the position I did like a six-month transition well one of the things I failed at was that in real estate it is a compounding planting business. You have to be consistently plan not only planting seeds but watering them. Absolutely. So when I first got started, my business was kind of flowing to me naturally. Interest rates were low, so people were like in the market, mm-hmm. right? But I didn't plant any seeds from that year to the following year. So the following year was um, excuse my language, mind fuck. Well, okay. Right. It was an entrepreneurial mind fuck. It was my first full year as an entrepreneur. So I went through all of the same things that entrepreneurs go through. Can right. I do this? Do I need to go back to work? Is this going to work out? Right, right. Am I crazy? Right. right? Like right, I went right, through right. all of that. Right. And, and what's so crazy about this is after having a successful after first year. After having a successful right. year. So I have like the reverse story. Okay. Where most agents struggle when they're first new. Right. Um, for me, it was like my second year in. Right. It was like, wait a minute. I need to, do I need to go back on Indeed? Right. Like right. I thought about it. Right. For serious. Like my resume is ready to go. Right. So and, I learned. And, and would you say also part of that would be because you also took away the so you're walking a tightrope and you took away that safety net of that other that, that job I yes because and, and so that helps to ooh, create even yes, more absolutely when I had that paycheck coming in every two weeks it right. was like oh I don't have no business okay right I that deal didn't go through okay right and so you have like this confidence in the safety net that allows you to stay afloat sure and when that's gone and my safety my savings account is drifting because I don't have no deals closing your confidence does get impacted. And right. I think that's, I think that is something that we don't talk about enough as entrepreneurs is that mind journey that you have to go on. When I first became a realtor, everybody's like, oh, it's your mindset, your mindset. And I'm like, this is like the dumbest conversation ever. What are you talking about? I need something tangible. Right, right. Now that I've been in it for as long as I have, I get it now. And so I try to find ways to articulate that to people in a way that they can receive it. Because right. I know I didn't receive it at first. Right. Like, what do you mean mindset? It's on your mind. What do you mean? What are you talking about? So what do you think is, so 
for somebody like you who d- couldn't receive mindset conversation. Yes. What? Why is that? What do you? Now that you can think back on it, they need some money. <laughs> so okay. So I get. You. So you're you know saying it's I mean? not. They you, need, you're they got not bills to pay. It, so it, you need a step. You don't need a. You were saying, hey, look, I need a. I need you to give me a client versus a conversation about how to get my yeah. focus a certain way. Yeah. So whenever, so so whenever I left my job and I had all this organic business, right? My very first, my very first year in real estate, I think I sold seventeen homes and I was part time. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. Even I don't even know where those numbers come from. Right. Right. And the next year wasn't like that. The next right. year was like you probably need to go back to work. So. Um, I did the things that other people were telling me to do. So I was cold calling. I was doing Facebook ads because now I left my job. I can see my safe, my, my savings account. And now some of my, I don't want to say my spheres dried up because that's not really ever true. That's correct. What happened is I stopped planting the seeds in my sphere. Right. Thank you. So, um, I um, started to do some of the more traditional ways of doing business with the strangers, like you said, because the brokerages that I was at at the time or the mentors that I came across with or the masterminds, all these things are saying, you need to be on the phones, you need to be cold calling. So I bought expired leads and I bought FISBO leads. And let me tell you, I closed none of those deals and I hated life. (laughs) Like I thought, this is not who, why would anybody sign up for this? Right. You were trying to figure out how to get on call Janet Jackson and start dancing again. (laughs) I was like, why would anybody sign up for this? And you go to these masterminds and you hear these people like, oh, yeah, I'm closing X number of of deals, blah, blah. blah, And my, you know, I'm doing Fizbo's Mm -hmm. and I'm doing expires. And I was thinking to myself, I never want to talk to a Fizbo. Like still to this day, I have no interest. If you decide that you want to sell your house (laughs) on your own, good luck. I have no interest in talking to you at all. But some agents make a killing on business. So I thought like, oh, okay, well, let me tap into this market because now my sphere, they didn't already bought and sold as much as they can with me. Right. right? Which was just another mindset game. Right. 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 So that that, that year, I didn't really do that well. And I thought I need to go back to work. And then, but then I was like, okay, I know what I'm good at though. So I'm good at systems. I'm good at operations and I'm good at relationships. Right. So I planted all these seeds in the next year. And then the following year, my business started to pick up again. Right. And that confidence came back. Sure. Um, but yeah, that, that, that year was a struggle. Yeah. Listen, I had to get boyfriend help. I had to do a lot of stuff to, to make that year work, right. pulling on savings. Like, wait, do I need to borrow from my 401k that I had just, you know, like right. literally thinking these things because I wanted it to work. And that's a part of the entrepreneurship journey that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough. Right. It doesn't. And because a lot of people, if they had a year, or second year like you had and they had become conditioned to that, that check, that was a nice check you left behind. They, so they immediately start focusing on how to go get that check again as mm-hmm. opposed to how do I make yeah. this business work. Yeah. And I started to focus on the things that I was hearing sure. instead of focusing on the things that was going to work for me. So now my business is probably 50% sphere, 30% open houses mm-hmm. because I'm good in person, mm-hmm. and then 20% social media. I don't actually focus a lot on social media, to be honest with you, the 
the money that I, the deals that I get from social media are just kind of like organic. Sure. Like I don't put a, I, in my, in my thought process, I don't put a whole lot of effort into it, but yeah. I'm there. I sure. show up and, um, so yeah. Yeah. So the, the thing there is, I, cause I, we tell agents this all the time and you, you've heard me say this, that I tell people, if you were to pick up your cell phone right now and just call everybody in the cell phone. I call everybody you know. So not not random numbers, but call numbers of people that you know. Mm-hmm. And you would ask them and just tell them, hey, be honest with me. Have you or somebody you know within the last 12 months been a part of a real estate transaction? Mm-hmm. Your feelings will be hurt. Mm-hmm. That they, there's going to be a whole bunch of them who Absolutely. say yes. Absolutely. And the only reason that happened is not because they didn't want to use you. It's because this is the first time they're hearing from you as you call them asking them, have you been part of a real estate transaction? Yeah. They would have used you had they been reminded that this is what you do. Mm -hmm. Yet every single day we have a bunch of people struggling to make it in real estate who will not pick up the phone Mm -hmm. and call people that are most likely to help them. Yeah. And you know what's funny? I want to talk to those agents for a minute because I also struggle with call reluctance. Mm -hmm. And I would say there's probably a lot of, top producers who still do mm-hmm. right um and my call reluctance always came from like why am I calling you right, right. I, I'm calling you because I want you to give me a real estate deal well then I'm gonna have call reluctance from that and I did for months like sure. oh I, I know the reason why I'm like you know they teach you Ford you know this is you call your friends and you have this Ford conversation that doesn't work for me right because right. I know in the back of my mind, I'm asking you about your summer and your kids, but I'm really just trying to get you to tell me who you know that's going to buy us in real estate, right. right? So that that knowing that in the back of my mind gave me call reluctance. Right. So now I don't call for that. And you shouldn't. I just call. I just call or I'm really good. I, I'm so much better in person. Girl, you want to go to dinner, lunch, coffee, networking event, party? Like I'm much, I'm a social bug. Mm-hmm. So, um... I do, I lead generate socially. Sure. Um, I'm not going to pick up the phone and call you. I'm probably going to pick up the phone and call you to see if you want to go out. Because <laughs> n- And there's n- absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with it. In fact, that, here's the thing. These are all, when you talked about it earlier, it's all about relationships, nurturing mm-hmm. relationships. So I'm more likely to do a transaction with somebody I have a relationship with. This is a friend yes. of mine who happens to sell real estate. Yes. So now I have a real estate need. I'm going to call my friend. Yes. So, so step, now you won't be my friend if every time you pick up the phone, you're calling me about real estate. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. Our friendship is going to be tested. Yeah, stop, why are you calling me? Like, <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, absolutely. So I, because when I was in HR, um, I navigated my career with my relationships. So I wasn't the, I didn't, I wasn't the smartest HR person. Um, actually, I probably was, but <laughs> I was going to say, I'm do you not really, I was, do you probably really, believe? really yeah. was, okay. <laughs> um, but, um, I wasn't, you know, for me, it was like, I knew I worked at, at, at the time, Raytheon was very relationship oriented. Um, and so you can navigate your career through your network. You could navigate problem solving. You can navigate getting things done through your relationship. Sure. Right. Like. A relationship with somebody I never even met, but I can pick up the phone and call them because I build a relationship with that that they knew somebody else. Like, oh, such and such told me to call you. Sure. It's because I build a relationship with that person. So, 
I it t- it took me a minute to to realize this, but I navigated this career and and really um, started to you know climb the corporate ladder with this strategy. And so um, once I started to struggle in real estate, if you will, I just flipped my mindset to that same thing. Like, oh, I, if I can navigate a corporate career um, with relationships, I can definitely do it in real estate because that what that's what real estate is. Absolutely, it's relationships. So. It took me a minute to to figure that out. Yeah, and yeah, and I'm saying it like it's something that should just be yeah automatic. And I don't mean to to say if somebody's like, yeah, that's easier said than done, or so yeah, I, I get it because like you were saying, many of the messages that a lot of these agents get, especially from coaches and and masterminds and all that stuff, they they tell you all this other stuff without first starting to say, hey, what are your relationships like? Yep. Because that's where your business is going to come from. That's where your business is right? going to come from. And, and so it's it's amazing then that so many people don't do that. But what you did, then you realize, okay, no, this is this is it. It's the relationships. And now I'm going to put in place systems to make sure mm-hmm. I'm staying in touch with these people. Mm-hmm. You told me about all the, the emails that you already have that are designed to, to go to certain people and people in your sphere of influence who are homeowners mm-hmm. receive something for you regularly mm-hmm. talking about things like, Hey, it's summertime or just before summer, let's make sure the AC is working mm-hmm. properly. Uh, don't forget to file your homestead exemption. Yep. You stay top of mind mm-hmm. with them talking about stuff that is germane to a homeowner. Yep. Right. But you don't just do that. Then you also talk to them about, Hey, congratulations, son, graduating from college. Yep. Hey, you got a new baby. Congratulations. Yep. Happy birthday. Yep. Right? So it's a relationship and it's constant communication. And and you got a system for it. So we can talk about it all we want to. Say you didn't stay in constant communication. But if you don't have a system set up to do that, you will not stay in constant communication. Absolutely not. And it's so funny. I was talking to an agent on my way here who's like, oh, yeah, I met this girl. And she reached out to me for a lender. And I just kind of kind of stay in touch with her. I'm like, well, what's your system to do that? Right. Right? How you, how you gonna do that? crickets after that in your notepad right. i mean and don't get me wrong sometimes that does work for people um but it only works to a certain extent because the more people you get yeah, you can't yeah. you can't control it. it's too yeah, much absolutely so um i have uh, if i have a system for everything i'm not gonna lie when you active when you when you close i have a system sure so i have a system set up for my buyers are closed. This is all the things that need to happen for the next six months right. after we close that transaction, right? Um, so, yeah, I just try to put a system in for everything based on where that person is because you got to meet people where they are. Right. Um, that's the other thing, you know. Um, I was telling you a story about a client that I met that only used me because she was working with an agent that wasn't listening, right? Right, right. Yeah, tell that, tell that story that again because that was a really <laughs> – that yeah. happens all the time. So this was when I was still at work, and I was on a meeting board, not paying attention, and I just went on Facebook, and I started adding people as my friend that were in my neighborhood um, Facebook group that's actually owned by another realtor. <laughs> so, But I was just adding, 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 and um, I had a lady reach out and was like, hey, you added me as a friend on um, the Rollett Facebook group. I, me and my husband are moving, I forget the town. Mm-hmm. And I'm working with another realtor, but if you would like to help me out too, um, you know, great. And I was like, okay, great. So she tells me that she's working with this realtor. She sold her house where she was moving from. So she mm-hmm. has money to buy. And the realtor that she was working with was trying to get her to buy. And when I kept talking to her, I learned it was because she had three dogs 
and she wanted a um, lease mm-hmm. <laughs> and a six-month lease of that. And if you do any leases, that is very hard to do is to find a landlord, one that will take your three big dogs mm-hmm. as well as a six-month lease. It's very hard to find. Sure. Well, um, I, you know, and she also didn't want email alerts. Right. Which this is how realtors communicate with people. Oh, you want to buy a house? I'll put you on an email alert, right. right? We all know that that's a strategy. But she's like, I don't really want any emails. I only want text messages. Well, the other agent wasn't doing that either. Right. So I was like, okay, well, any lease opportunities that I was able to find for her, I would just text it to her. Okay. And I finally found an agent that was okay with her three dogs. She's like, send me a picture of them. So I sent her a picture of the dogs. And she's like, okay, my landlord's okay with six months. It's fine. So I was texting the client to let her know, like, hey, I found a, a lease. I think that's going to work for us. Okay. You like it, and the landlord's okay with your your stuff, right? Six months and the dogs. And then right. she texts me the next day and said, hey, D, we changed our minds. We're coming to Dallas tomorrow. We would like to see this house to buy. And that was my first buy. Yeah, And you got that first buy. And it's simple. The other agent lost because – they, you know, they probably, the three dogs, six months lease, probably in the back of their mind, they already said, this can't happen. Yes. I'm not going to be able to get it's this It's too hard. It can happen. Right. It's just too much work. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so they let the ball drop. Yes. Right. You took it on and said, hey, look, we'll figure it out. I'll find it. Yeah. Right. I was, I was still working at the time, so I was like, oh. Right. Right. I did have that luxury. <laughs> right. Of being like, oh, okay. Okay. Let me see if I can find this. Mm-hmm. And so then you find it. But at that point, she determines, okay, that's not what I want to do. But you found this for me. I know you can do this other thing for me. Yep. I want to buy a house. Yeah. And you basically developed a relationship. They trusted you. You showed your competence in by handling that for them. And you got it done. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I like to tell that story because when I got into real estate, and don't get me wrong, real estate is very much a sales job. Mm-hmm. Which, when I think about all my competencies, because I'm an HR person and we use word competencies. Right. Um, when I think about my competencies and transferable skills, mm-hmm. sales wasn't really on that list. Okay. Right? Even though people say, oh, you sell people all the time. You sell your, your husband and your boyfriend on stuff and <laughs> you sell your girlfriend on stuff. But but sales wasn't really the thing. And I would talk to my managers and like, oh, you sell us on policies all the time. I'm like, no, you don't have a choice but to follow this policy. Correct. Right? I'm not selling you. I'm telling you. Right. right? So sales was really something I had to learn. Right. Because it is a sales. But in my mind, the sales piece of my job is in numbers. It's not in selling anybody anything. Right. It's numbers that are the sales part of my job. I don't really sell houses. That's I don't really think about it that way. Okay. The house is going to sell itself. Either you want it or you don't. Uh-huh. And I can't tell you how many times that has worked out in my favor. So I met a client at an open house. And, you know, people at open houses, which this is my bread and butter, by the way. Okay. I make a lot of money on open houses. But they come in so cavalier. They're mostly just looking you lose. They're not trying to buy right away. Um, but I meet people this way. They get, to, they get to pick up on my energy. And I met this couple, and they were just kind of casually looking, moving into Dallas. And they're just kind of checking things. And I always get that. Oh, we're not looking right now. Blah, 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 blah. Right. But then I just will send them an email, and I'll keep in touch, right? right? It was so nice to meet you, whatever. And I ended up closing on this um, house with this family probably four or five months later. And when we were at closing, the wife looks at me, and she says, um, you know, Frank really likes you. And I said, why? And she says, because you didn't sell him on any of the houses that we went into. 
And she was like, all the other realtors that we worked with before would walk into the houses and be like, oh, and look at these pretty cabinets and look at these pretty floors and blah, blah. And you got to write an offer today. Right. I don't do any of that. Uh, either you like, wh- <laughs> why do I need to sell this house? Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, right. I don't think about it in the way that I sell houses. No, I am in the business of relationships. And um, so, yeah, it was it. it when I when I got this kind of feedback from my clients, it was like, oh, this is my superpower. Right. So let me tap into that. But for a minute, I was blindsided, and I was trying to tap into the selling you. Let me convince you, right. like i.e. fizzbos and expires. Let me convince you that this is what you need to do. I am not convincing you to do nothing. Right. I am here to provide you a service and provide you the knowledge that I know about the market and real estate because this is not what you do every day. Right. Um, and so that's really what I focus on right. as I've kind of navigated my career. And I close on their son's house on Monday. Yeah. That relationship. So now the son is, is a client of yours. Yes. And that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. And so, and you know, it, for some people they're like, man, y'all making it sound so effortless and no, it's, it's not <laughs> effortless. Right. So there, there is, there is work behind it, but here's the thing. It is. It is much easier to go the route of developing relationships or planting seeds, like you said, and the nurturing, watering the ground and then letting those seeds sprout and become something. It's easier to do that than to just hope that somebody drops something out of the sky on you, right? Or that, you know, in Monument, we've got a great um, – leads situation and so and it's cool to get leads from that but if you're sitting back and just saying okay i'm, I'm gonna live off of that yeah you're gonna be hungry yeah you're right that's not a <laughs> that's not a sustainable career right and so the thing is just put in the work just make develop the relationships and you'll get some people who say well i don't have any relationships i don't know anybody here and i'll say well you need to get to know some people here. You need to figure out who's going to be your niche audience. Who's going to be your who? What group are you going to get become a part of to, to or develop? Or to um, is real estate really for you? And I know that sounds really harsh. Mm-hmm. I ha- I had this conversation with a girl today because she's been licensed since last August and mm-hmm. she hadn't closed the deal yet. Okay, and she still thinks that real estate is something that she's supposed to be doing. I'm not taking that away from her. If it's in your heart and you're passionate about it, then pursue it. Sure. But is it though? Right. Right. If you tell me, I don't really know nobody. I don't really have no relationships. Right. Unfortunately, regardless of what you're told or what you see on TV. Right. Because that also changes our perspective of what this business really is. It is a relationship business. And not only that, you have to be a relationship navigator. Um, and if you're not interested in that, even with FISBOs and expireds, you know, as much as that is a transactional thing in my mind, mm-hmm. those still people, those people are still developing relationships. It may be on a smaller scale or it may right. look different. The dynamics are different, but it's still relationships. They're still able to figure out how to connect enough. Right. Cause that's what it is. It's connection. Absolutely. To get Absolutely. that FISBO to be like, all right, you can lose my house. Right. Absolutely. Um, so for those people who say that, um, I don't know anybody, I, I you know, it's like, okay, re- I don't know, real, real estate, like if you're saying that, mm-hmm. right, if, you're, if that's coming out of your mouth, 
you have to really think about is real estate really for you. And and, and it's funny, people don't really want to have those conversations. I think that's weird. Because yeah. every job ain't for you. Right. That's true. And that's okay. I'm not supposed to be um, working at, you know, and I'm not supposed to be a nurse. I mm-hmm. don't want to take care of anybody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk to you about your ailments, right? right? Like, right. that's just not for me, right? right? So I can't say I want to be a nurse mm-hmm. if I want to do that. Gotcha. And it makes perfect sense. And so it's not, and it's not a, you know, if somebody says, I'm, I'm trying this real estate thing, and you, you try it, and after a while, it's, you you come to conclusions like, I don't know anybody, or I'm not really working to try to know anybody. Well, guess what? You may have discovered that this is not for you, and that's yeah. okay. You know what I think happened during the pandemic? Um, entrepreneurship, as well as real estate, specifically in entrepreneurship, kind of got heightened, right? Like I saw people being coaches drive like everybody's a business coach now right. a life coach now Correct. or like all these different some fields just kind of really expanded during the pandemic because right. now people have more time and then with real estate specifically we have um, reality tv shows that make it look sexy right. and make it look not what it is mm-hmm. so when people get into it they are blindsided and then they're trying to navigate how blindsided they are, right, right with their excuses. <laughs> right. Seriously. Right. I, and I, there is, there are some moments, and I'm not speaking just for them. I mean, I fell into this trap too, right? Um, of like, oh, this is what I thought real estate is, but no, this is really what it is. But if you're looking at the TV or if you are trying to just be an entrepreneur because it became sexier, mm-hmm. um, you will get hit upside the head yeah. if you're not ready. That is true. <laughs> that is true. What D? I tell you what, why don't you share with everybody who wants to say if anybody's looking to looking for a great real estate agent, Dee is most certainly one of them. So I want you to be able to reach out to her and Dee, and you're welcome to share your your information. Well, I appreciate that. I'm Dee Walton everywhere um, and specifically on Instagram, D-E-E-W underscore realtor. Um, But then all the other other platforms, you can find me under Dee Walton. Walton. Very good. This has been great. And I think it's been very helpful, right? Even even for me, knowing that, you know, I gotta talk to a bunch of agents and get them to to do certain things. And just this conversation reminds me that first and foremost, the thing is that we need to keep nurturing these relationships that they have. Don't don't neglect those. And so uh, this has been awesome, D. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Yeah, we got to do it again. Yes, for all sure. right. Well, y'all, if you uh, get a chance, please like, subscribe, do all the the things, and uh, and then also let other people know about this great conversation. D dropped some wisdom today, so <laughs> by all means, I hope you had a great time, and then we'll see you next time. Awesome.